1: All right, you know what that means. You are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood uh, live today on uh, Tuesday, January 4th. Um, We're excited about uh, what we have to talk about today, and um, we'll begin as we always do with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass through the intercession of the holy family of nazareth grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family we ask this of you who is life truth and love with the son and the holy spirit amen holy family of nazareth pray for us saint john paul ii pray for us all right
0: Happy New Year, Trey.
1: Happy New Year. It's hard to believe. It's 2022. 2022. We're, looking, we're looking forward to uh we're looking forward to uh a great year. It's gonna be outstanding. So um
0: anyway, today a lot of exciting stuff in the works for 2022. Yeah. Red Sea Apostolate. So
1: All right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to seeing it all unfold. Stay tuned. But um but I thought since um we just celebrated Epiphany on Sunday, I guess typically isn't it January sixth. But the actual
0: date is the January sixth, exactly. January sixth. Which mm-hmm.
1: is which is the twelve days of Christmas. I mean I Yeah, end of the twelve had days had a, of Christmas. Had, you know, we um we're getting later and later on ours. I think I've mentioned before that um that we I typically, you know, we'll get a tree Maybe put white lice and some purple ribbon around it during um, during advent and then decorate it Christmas Eve. Um, I think we got the tree on the twenty second or twenty third <laughs> and and uh we did decorate it on christmas eve it was It was the last you know we were, i think there might have been ten trees at the store, but
0: uh um, we got ours on. Christmas Eve oh, we went you? to the farm patch in oh, Brian yeah. and uh it was worried. A very small yeah, very very small pecking thin selection. Portion. Yeah so
1: so um it, it was fun and we have and we and we have it and it's you know it's funny some of our friends you know they their their christmas tree is out on December 26th so <laughs> um we we joke with them that you know christmas is just starting yeah um yeah. so really on on this Sunday Saturday, I guess, Um, would have been day eight of of Christmas, which we as Catholics, you know, that's the
0: end of the Christmas octave. Yeah,
1: yeah, Christmas. I mean, it's an eight day day, Mm -hmm. so we are uh, celebrators, Mm -hmm. Um, and the Christmas season continues on. But the twelve days of Christmas, the song, the twelve days of Christmas is from Christmas Day to Epiphany. That's right, and and that's what we were wanting to talk about today was was um Epiphany, which we, we did celebrate this past Sunday, but um but typically I mean the the, the typical feast day is on is on the sixth, which would I guess be this Thursday, which would be the twelfth the twelfth day of Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um I, I think it's really important to kind of go through and, and Thaddeus was kind enough to find um something from Fulton Sheen. Um he's is he a blessed yet or is he
0: I, I think he might be a venerable, venerable. you. yeah. So, I always loved. My
1: mom used to always tell stories about about watching Fulton Sheen, which was amazing. He was on national television for for years, and if you ever get a chance to watch him.
0: Although he's quite theatrical, and he was on radio for years before that, going yeah. back to the nineteen thirties, his television show was in the fifties and the sixties.
1: So he was, was he was kind of he was kind of a little bit ahead of his time in terms of using sure sure that. And if you ever get a chance to watch, I mean, they sometimes I know on EW, EWTN EWTN will rerun um, his TV shows, and he's quite theatrical, which I think was probably a sign of the times. But but some of his stuff today is still just as fitting. It may be different names, but um, in different situations, but the concepts he teaches in those are oh, definitely. phenomenal. Definitely. So uh, if you ever get a chance to do that, but he wrote a book on the life of Christ and, and um, we pulled out the section that we um, Thaddeus did on, on um, epiphany. And yeah,
0: epiphany, and he he talks about the epiphany and the slaughter of the holy innocents, which is right. the feast day right after. two days after Christmas. Yeah, two days after Christmas. <clears throat> I always think it is a very profound thing that our, our Holy Mother Church um, has the liturgical calendar that we celebrate Christmas, and then the next two feast days after it, Saint Stephen's Day, the next yep, day the first, first martyr, martyr, and then the slaughter of the Holy innocents, who were the um, well, we'll get into how, how Sheen explains their role in, in salvation history and sees them as a, a type for, for things.
1: But y- y- the word epiphany, you know really is about an outward manifestation mm-hmm. of of, the, of, in this case, the person of Christ. and I, I thought it was fitting that today in the readings, Um, in first John, um, the readings for today, this is first John four, uh, nine. So that's the first letter of John. First letter of John, uh, chapter four, verse nine is this, it says in this, the love of God was made manifest Mm -hmm. among us for, for God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might have life or that we might live through him. And that's the purpose of the manifestation what was to make visible. Because if you go down to the end of, um, of that, he, he says, of this is verse 12, same chapter. No man has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. He sent... The person of Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity, incarnate um, as a person to manifest in, in a way that we can understand and we can learn from, and in fact, that's part of the part of the reason we want to talk about this is as I've mentioned before, when my professors talked about the entirety of his life from his conception through his passion, death, and resurrection, is all all of it is meant to communicate something not only about him but about what he means for us and that's to tell something of, about ourselves to tell us something about it Right. i mean god in vatican 2 they, they there's a there's a statement where he where they say you know he, he he came to reveal first and foremost that god's the trinity father son and holy
0: spirit but he also came to reveal man to himself so that's Gaudium et Spes, chapter section twenty, I believe, is where yeah, that's where that's contained. Yeah,
1: but but that that's that is so important for us to know that in revealing the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in in and through the person of Christ of Jesus of Nazareth, um, we also learn something about ourselves and and something about what it means to be um, a follower of Christ. And and I think that's really essential to understanding why every aspect of his life from his conception all the way through um, his, I mean, through his life, passion, death, and resurrection are all meant um, to reveal God's love for us, but also to reveal um, something about ourselves. So um, anyways, th- this idea of of Looking at Christ as um, the perfect man, what what man is meant for, what man is capable of, what man is meant to be about. um, That's why he. That's that's at least one of the reasons that he came. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and I just wanted to just jump in there. I misspoke. I've I've been reading. two. I've been reading Gaudium. It's best lately. Hint hint. It's twenty two. It's twenty two. It's Gaudium. It's best twenty two. And the quote is. namely christ the, christ the final adam by the revelation of the mystery of the father and his love fully reveals man to man himself and makes his supreme calling clear right and that and that's that's something i think we're at a loss we as christians mic
1: drop yeah exactly as christians we um we're we're grateful for god's love and the fact that he came and 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 provided the opportunity to have eternal life with him and in him uh, and through him. Um, But he also came to help us understand what it's about, which is why I think it's, it's important to recognize in the way, the way the liturgical year is set up that, that they do recognize St. Stephen the day after. So you go from this Oh Holy night to, to somebody being martyred. Mm -hmm. uh, And then you go to the, Holy innocence, um being martyred as well, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that is not accidental. I mean, that is meant to point us to um, to what we're all called to ultimately.
0: Yeah, and I guess let's let's start there with Sheen's account. So Sheen's book, uh, The Life of Christ, nineteen fifty eight. It's it's him taking the four Gospels and uh, weaving them into a single narrative um, and one of the things that he talks about is the that the that the feast of the holy innocents then the, the slot not the feast so much but that the slaughter of those holy innocents. he says quote like little lambs they died for the sake of the lamb the prototypes of a long procession of martyrs these children who never struggled but were crowned and then he goes on and he makes this really neat connection to the circumcision. He says in the circumcision of Christ, which ha- happens on, um, that used to be the feast. January 1st was the circumcision of the Lord. Yeah. He shed his own blood. Now his coming shall his coming heralds, the shedding of the blood of others for his sake. As circumcision was the mark of the old law So persecution would be the mark of the new law. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
1: And and I I think it's always, it's always cool to think about how the church takes so um, literally the way things happen historically, because January 1st would be the eighth day, which is the eighth day is always the eighth day following the birth would have been typically when they would have had the um, circumcision, right that's in the mosaic law in the mosaic law so so january 1st is eight days from the birth and so um right. that's accurate which which i also love you know the 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 annunciation is exactly 9 months from from the birth exactly. so so his conception in the womb by the power of the holy spirit right. um is followed 9 months later by
0: that so the church again is taking right the Annunciation is the feast for the for the conception of Christ
1: the, right and then and then Christmas would be the birth which would be nine months which would be a typical mm-hmm. uh, if if everything went according to normal uh, would be nine months to the day normal later. operating procedures oh, yeah so so I think that it, it, that that in and of itself both of those communicates this this is a historical faith mm-hmm. that, that it did happen in time. Mm-hmm and that the church continues to point back to it just by the way the liturgical year
0: is organized. And then I think there, when we bring it back to the, the theme and the subject matter of this program, Mystery of Parenthood, I think when we're talking about it for our children and for the domestic church and for catechizing our, our children, evangelizing them, I think the point there is we have to be willing to preach persecution to our children. That is, we have to be willing to tell them that to be a follower of Christ means you're going to suffer persecution. You're going to face discrimination. You're going to face the powers that be in the world. Um, Not not being against you. Being against you. It It may not involve physical death. It may not involve martyrdom. That way, red martyrdom, as they say, uh, in your life, but you're probably going to face white martyrdom where yeah, your so opportunities are limited. I think, uh, I think of, of an it.
1: example that was, that was something. And again, part of how you teach is by the experience of your children. I, I've, I've told this story before. Um, but when Madison, you know, loves, loves to dance and she was at a particular dance studio and they were doing a, um they were doing some stuff from Lim is a Rob. And there was a, there was a song in there where they kind of, um, they kind of put, um, they kind of put, um, they put down the Pope. They, I forget what, there was some negative about the Pope in, in, in the song. Mm-hmm. And so Madison was probably 10 years old at the time and we kind of pointed that out to her, and 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 walked her through. And so she said, "Well, I don't." Yeah, I mean, we we talked through it and decided, and she decided with us. We included her in in, in the conversation that she wasn't going to dance, but that she was going to go. We were going to go and talk to the owner about how how can we either she's not going to dance or you're going to need to change the wording or whatever. And so there were, I mean, that was, that was a stressful thing. Yeah. I mean, for a 10 year old and even for parents, you know, to say, I mean, are we really going over? And what we did was, is we went back and said, okay, so he's somebody we hold in esteem, somebody that we think highly of, but even though he's, he's human, but he, he's meant to be at least, um, respected. And, and they said, "Well, it's not that big a deal." And I said, "Okay, well, let's say let's just take the words and change it to your mother or your father." And she said, "Would you be okay if it was your father's name or your mother's name?" And she said, "Oh, I never thought about it like that." And so they actually changed. They took the word out that was a negative word and just used some something like just a sound instead. And so she danced, but. There was some hmm. potential martyrdom that, you know, and, and we even talked to her about, you know, this is part of what it means to be a Christian is that, you know, you try to stand up for what is right. And even on relatively small things, you can evangelize by, by having them understand.
0: Yeah. And that goes back to what Pope John Paul II talked about, the need for witnesses, the importance of witnesses. Absolutely. You were know, you're, you're, you're witnessing to your, you weren't making an apologetics I mean, you were doing a little bit of apologetics, but you were mostly making a case of you're witnessing to your faith and and the fact that you believe it and you take it seriously. Right. And and
1: and the fact that we were able to make it something that they could at least understand, even if they didn't agree with it Mm -hmm. and that they changed it as a result was was a positive thing and a positive experience for for Madison, even though. She was old enough to kind of realize, yeah, this could be <laughs> a problem. You know, I don't get to dance in something that I've been preparing for. And um, anyway, so I, I, th- those situations do come up. Um, the martyrdom, thank God, and and typically, I guess, wouldn't be being stoned or or, or being slaughtered. Um, but it may come in the form of of just standing up for something that you could probably let go. But it wouldn't be a full witness um, uh-huh. to what we believe. Right. so right those, those are the things that you can you can do. It can be even, I don't think you ought to do this because when everybody else's parents are allowing their kids to do it, that there's martyrdoms in those things as well. Right. But, but, but I think it's important, like I said, to help connect the dots. as a parent, we should help connect the dots between this is the way martyrdom looks. In most cases, mm-hmm. and thank God it's not a nail in the hands or being stoned to death, but it still hurts and it's still scary and it still requires some fortitude and some right. stick to itness on right. on what you believe. Right. Um,
0: anyway. And so we're talking about the holy innocence because if you remember, the listeners, that uh, the slaughter of the the children of Bethlehem it happens as a part of the story of the visit of the Magi because the Magi, the wise men from the East, they go to visit Herod, right? They right, go to exactly. talk to him first. Yeah. And he says, I want to know where the, where the child is. And I think this was a, this is another profound insight by Fulton Sheen, Bishop Fulton Sheen here in his, his uh, account of the, the story of the Magi in his book, the light of Christ. he, he makes the point that Herod he says quote Herod will forever be the model of those who make inquiries about religion but who never act rightly on the knowledge they receive head knowledge is worthless unless accompanied by submission of the will and right action i mean yeah absolutely <laughs> that right that right there i could <laughs> drop that in and record that and put it on the on the air as another one of our wisdom of Fulton Sheen PSAs. I mean, that's just such a great nugget of wisdom right there. We right. can't have head knowledge. And I think the connection there for me is we can't be raising Herods right. in our in our families. We can't just be giving our children uh head knowledge. Um you know, I guess the ultimate stereotypical example of that would be uh you're doing your they're just coming to religious ed for their sac for their sacraments. They just need to make their sacraments because that's what you're supposed to do. But there's no, as you like to say, um, I'm not using the right term, th- capturing of the heart
1: the heart. That's what I was going to say. I mean, that that is ultimately you have to have head knowledge. Right. Um, but ultimately, our job as a parent is to get
0: it to go from the head to the heart. Right. And and th- that's the same for all of us. Right, so don't be raising don't be raising Herods. We that, can't be raising Herods. Do you know?
1: Look the part. Act the part, but but have no connection to this. Is a real relationship with a real God, who really did die for us. And because He died for us, we can count on His grace that He g- gave to us. To be strengthened to do things that we would not do if it was just our
0: own mind, making right. And it that up. doesn't and that doesn't mean that everything is going to work out just just peachy keen in our life. It's it's the grace is there to help us do the right thing even in the bad circumstances, the difficult times of our lives. Yeah, and that and that's easier you know, said than done. It's easier said than done, but but I think it
1: actually is so critical because I think that part of what you know everything working out always good and and never seeing the struggle there's there's no real good life story that has ever been communicated that somebody didn't go through struggles either persecution or some difficulties in other words that's part of life so to raise a child that's not aware of the fact that being a christian being a human being for that matter, you're raising kids that will actually, as they grow up, will we'll recognize, okay, this is not fun. I don't like this, but it's something that I'm having to go through, that that can be something that is of value as long as we unite it with the sufferings of Christ and and accept it and then do whatever we're called to do in that moment as best we can, because that's life there you don't go through life without suffering, so do not include suffering in how you're raising your kids and not pointing and connecting the dot remember you're, you're always trying to connect the brain like yeah, you know we're going to suffer <laughs> with the heart it, The suffering has value. you can offer it together with christ's offering on the cross, made present again, represented in every mass. we can offer it. And that it can be of value to God, we don't know how, but that's part of what we believe. You know, I rejoice in my sufferings for I make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of His body, the church. Is what Paul says in Colossians one twenty four. Critical verse that that no suffering is meaningless. Um, it can be meaningless if if you take it as something that we're always there 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 are sufferings that are unavoidable there are sufferings that that occur to us just like the the holy innocents did nothing i mean right. zero so sometimes there's innocent suffering um and so we have to look at our suffering cuz sometimes if there's innocent suffering then you know that's just part of life mm-hmm. life you know to say that life is always fair to say that that the right thing is always done <laughs> is is a lie in in this world? Maybe what we should want, but but we need to raise children that when they walk out into this world, that they're not shocked when something that's unjust is done to them. Uh, mm-hmm. It's whether it's because they're Christian or just because mm-hmm. they're not as cool or as in, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in as strong a place as the person that's next to them, and that other person gets chosen. Mm-hmm is part of life Mm -hmm. and so we're training our children to be able to grow up and be uh, men and women who are who recognize that and are are willing to go out and take those sufferings and unite them with the sufferings of christ that's that's Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. essential to what it means to be a christian Mm
0: -hmm. i want to try to come back to that point but i want to make sure we spend a little bit of time actually talking about the three wise men and their and their visit um i think sheen does a really magnificent job of seeing them as um types or precursors for the spread of christianity to the gentile world i hadn't really give i hadn't given that enough appreciation Um, But he makes the point at the beginning of this section, he says that um, at his birth, there were the Magi or the scientists of the East. At his death, there would be the Greeks or the philosophers of the West. And then he he talks about how them as astrologers, they had some grasp of truth through their knowledge of the stars. And so that's why they started following the star to Bethlehem to encounter the king. Um, And he sees that as a as a type for later when. Paul's preaching yeah. Yeah. to the Greeks about their unknown God of the Athenians would draw them to the, the true God. Um, right, and I think that's so important for evangelization yes. is that, we can,
1: that, we, that we can start with saying that just because someone's not a Christian or just because somebody's not a Catholic, there are truths that they may even actually um, live more in line with than, than we do and that's a starting point exactly um, it's also a starting point for our own conversion mm-hmm. particularly when we may, may see mm-hmm. people that that pray more regularly or do those things but but beyond that that's a starting point of of a discussion and that's what Paul does in the Areopagus with those with the people that are that are he says you know that unknown god i'm here to tell you who that unknown god is mm-hmm. and and so he starts w- with what they can agree upon. They agree that there's this unknown God and he's just saying, I'm here to tell you who this unknown God is.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the, the, I, I would think that, um, that carries over to evangelizing and, and working with our own children that, uh, Sheen has a quote here. God spoke to the Gentiles through nature and philosophers. You know, we need to, we need to grasp onto that when our, when our children are uh, attracted to, the sciences to philosophy, or when they probably inevitably have a, a reaction to injustice in the world, right? Um, to inequality. Talking with them about, okay, why are you up? Why are you upset about that? Why is Absolutely. that coming from? There's, it's coming from somewhere deep inside of you that you have this reaction that that's wrong. You know that it's instinctively not not right. Where does that where is that coming from? Well, it's because justice is planted deep in your heart by right. God who is justice. Yeah, we we
1: recognize um children. I we we, the, we watched the other day um I don't know if you ever seen the boy in striped pajamas,
0: but boy in the striped pajamas, boy in striped pajamas. Are you wearing? I think I think
1: I'm. What's well, what it about a friendship between a the son of a not of a Nazi who's in charge of Auschwitz, and he befriends a child one of the in inmates, one of the inmates, and and I at the end when you 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 get, I mean it it kind of wells up inside. You. I can't believe <laughs> that people actually did this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. but the the but it's the child who recognizes the dignity and the and the similarity um, of the other child and I was saying you know so you know it's it's not until adults I was talking to my daughter afterwards and I was like you know adults are the ones that tend to change the truth in order to gain something from it mm-hmm. you know a child can actually see it for what it is and recognize the truth because it's yeah. In them. Yeah. It has to be changed <laughs> for something like Nazi Germany to happen. Yeah. And that came not from children realizing it. It came from mm. adults who saw some way of gaining some something what they wanted um, at the expense of another by diminishing or totally undermining any sense of dignity of another person. Yeah. Yeah. Yet the child of the Nazi uh mm officer in charge of Auschwitz recognizes, hey, this kid is he's just like me, worried about his dad, worried about his mom, worried about other people. So, anyway, I think, again, that points to the fact that there, you can watch movies and, and, and read stories, whether they're Christian or not, and, and find some truths, and it's a good thing to have a discussion with your children about what's going on here. Isn't it interesting that an eight-year-old Boy is the only one <laughs> in, in the whole story that actually recognizes in another eight-year-old boy the dignity of that person, mm-hmm. um, even though he's being told all kinds of other things. Yet, you know, you see the, the older daughter kind of um, conforming to that because she wants to be accepted. She likes these other people, and he's like totally at a loss like how can this
0: be? Yeah. You know, yeah. so and that I mean that goes right back to then Gaudium et Spes, his point of Christ is who reveals that every individual man and woman possesses inherent dignity because they're they're created in the image and likeness of God. Right, and because Christ died for them, Christ, that's always Christ important. Died them. Christ
1: died for them. Um, the, in John Paul's first uh, encyclical, uh, in in about section seven. He talks about how he Christ unites himself with every man and woman. I mean, with mm-hmm. with humanity,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and so there's not any, uh, regardless of their belief or whatever, that are not meant to be saved. That's right by him, right? Um, which I think is why the whole story of of the nativity and 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 what follows points us back to that reality that God came to show us that you don't have to be rich to be special. You know, you don't have to have, you don't have to have to have connections to be special that he, God himself allowed himself to be born in a trough mm-hmm. where, where, where animals fed in a cave or a stable or someplace where animals lived. Um, certainly God could have orchestrated all. I mean, I've, I've mentioned this before St. Joseph. I always am thinking as a dad, I mean, I'm doing an awful job as a dad. I mean, I took, I'm following this, but I'm, I mean, I can't even get her, you know, a bed Mm -hmm. to have the baby in. Mm -hmm. Um, But that again points to the fact that our dignity is not based on who we're related to or where we came from or the kind of money we have or anything like that. Our dignity is based in the fact that Christ united himself with us and then died for us for our salvation
0: that's right that's right and you mentioned a babe a baby being born in a cave and that goes to something else that sheen talks about he um he asks this question after talking about Herod having head knowledge he says could a babe born under the earth in a cave shake potentates and kings could he, who as yet had no demos or people following him, be a dangerous enemy of the demos kratos or democracy, the rule of the people? No mere human baby could ever provoke such violence by a state. By a state, The czar did not fear Stalin when he was two years old. Right. <laughs> that, made right. it, that made me chuckle. <laughs> it was a very, very good, obvious point. And then he down a little farther. It must surely have been because those who possess the spirit of the world conceal an instinctive hatred and jealousy of God who reigns over human hearts. The hatred, the second, here he is with his types, his typology, uh, again, the hatred the second Herod would show Christ at his death had its prologue in the hatred of his father, Herod the Great, for Christ as a babe. Yeah, and ultimately, you know. Christ is a threat to the world. Is a threat to the priorities of the world,
1: right? Because the world, in 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 the str- in the strictest sense, is about power and, and is money. Satan's and, Kingdom. And, right, and it's and it's about power. It's about um, money. It's about all these different pleasure, things: fame. pleasure, fame, all these things that are not inherent, I guess, or and they're not everlasting. Well, they're not everlasting. Right? They're, they're transitory. They're completely transitory. They can change like that. I mean. Um, and so, I think that's again another point that's worth doing. So I think you know the nativity and oh holy night and all that is is great. But 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 at some point to step back and and say look, I mean this is this is beautiful and it's awesome. But let's think about it just from a worldly perspective what it looks like. I mean there's no room in the inn. There is she's having a baby not at a hospital, not even in a bedroom. She's having it, it where calves have been born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and and so and, and he's in something that animals have eaten
0: out of. It's not exactly sanitary. It's not so sanitary,
1: it's not it's just something but I think it's I think those are things to point out to your children that point to the fact that what what makes a what makes a human dignified? What what makes human dignity is what God sees in a person, not the way the world looks at a person, and I think that's essential to doing it. I think one of the things, and, I, and and this is just an aside that I that I always I've pointed out before, but I think is important as well. I find it interesting that the Magi who who don't even they're not even of the faith are coming to um to the Jewish king who has all these. Underlings that are supposed to know the Jewish faith and Mm -hmm. and and they're kind of caught off guard surprised these guys have been traveling for weeks months (laughs) because they can read in the signs of the times something that the people who should be
0: recognizing
1: don't and they don't recognize and and all i think or they're all,
0: being willfully you know or they're being
1: willfully but i but i'm but like i but yeah. but, but so let's say th- the other point is is that i think is really essential to being christian is recognizing that we often don't recognize christ when he presents himself to us because even here if we sure. love one another that's how we know we love god that's right right i mean it, John, in his first letter, even goes as far as saying if you can't if you don't love your brother it's impossible for you to say you love God, and so they miss I think of all the people that were walking around in Bethlehem on that night that are walking by and going like, "What the heck you know are these people doing? They might have looked over there because they would be people of wealth, people of um great fanfare I would think you know what are they doing over there but they they you know people are just walking by the savior of the world it's shepherds who come it's not it's not um, <laughs> it's not king herod and if king herod did come he would try to eradicate him it's not even the the religious leaders of the time mm-hmm. that are coming and recognized. It's religious mm-hmm. leaders or scientists from other places. It's shepherds who mm-hmm. are
0: just ordinary work people. You know, I think something that's interesting about this story, I hadn't hadn't observed this before, but all the people who come and worship Christ or let's even, yeah, let's say pay pay attention to him, they have something, they have a sign given to them to know that Right. They need to be. They need to perk up and pay attention. So the Magi have the star, right? The shepherds yeah, they, they only have. They only know about it and do the right thing because they have the angels right. manifest themselves <laughs> and say, "You better go look at this king." And they, you know, maybe they're frightened if um, and I, and I understand that, who angels are. Right. Joseph has the dreams that tell him what to do. Mary has the annunciation by the angel Gabriel. Um, Everyone, so it so it's like God is deliberately trying to make this a small hidden event in a in a way right and and I think and I think it also For points to the fact
1: that that God tends to use it, it, the unexpected people to actually point to himself it's part of what makes yes. him god yes. <laughs> it's the it's the unexpected the scientists and kings or whatever they may be from mm-hmm. another nation that mm-hmm. point to it it's the shepherds who are just mm-hmm. people that are mm-hmm. they're not necessarily religious they they probably wouldn't be so super well versed in anything but he they he goes often if you look at even some of the, you know Fatima or other places go to the poor young children to to yeah. get, get, give the message not Showing up to the priest yeah, or yeah. showing up to, not that they, that he wouldn't do that, but it tends to be something that we need to recognize and teach that sometimes the way God works is not the way, well, most of the time probably, is not the way that we would work or
0: act. Right. Well, I mean, God wanted the birth of Christ to unfold in a, in a humble way, a hidden way, par- partly because he wanted, he desired it he desired Christ's life to unfold for 30 years in obscurity. Right. Hidden. Exactly. Couldn't, he couldn't, Christ couldn't have had a hidden obscure life if there had been all sorts of fanfare, fanfare. and announcement at his birth.
1: Absolutely, and, and I think that also part of the revelation, part of the manifestation, part of the re- revelation of us to ourselves is that, that, The way God works in our life is typically in the mundane mundane it's typically in in the ordinariness there's you know I would say if if the entirety of Christ's life was meant to communicate something to ourselves then part of it has to be for 30 years he was you know the son of a carpenter (laughs) in a small poor town that Became a carpenter and basically just went to work every day. He wasn't. We're, we're, I mean, we're not aware of, and it, it doesn't seem that there are any <laughs> miracles going on in or, a
0: town that that you know made people say, "Has anything good ever come out of Nazareth?" Exactly. I mean, so he
1: even went to a town that.
0: In it's like how itself. Aggies talk about Austin, for example.
1: Right, and 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 even they even even later on, he's like, you know, he's from Nazareth. There's nothing in the there's nothing in Scripture that says he's from Nazareth. They forget that he was born in Bethlehem, <laughs> Bethlehem. which is exactly where the Messiah would have been. Right. So oftentimes we misread what we see. So I think it's part of part of what we need to learn from this is that we we need to be open to the fact that God sometimes reveals himself to us in ways and through people that might be unexpected, that that probably would be unexpected.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now now Sheen goes on from there to talk, to say that, um, going back to Herod again, wicked men sometimes hide their evil designs under an appearance of religion. (laughs) Men can make inquiries about Christ for two reasons. Either to worship or to harm. What men ask about divinity is never as important as why they ask it.
1: Wow, yeah, that that, that jumped out to me too when I read that. But
0: um, what were your thoughts? What were your reactions? Well,
1: but I, th- I think it's true. I mean, it, sometimes you know people will use the faith or whatever to point to their own designs. I mean, you you have even. Later, you know, some even in in the church that they were chastised by that make the whole thing about Christ about you know justice, which 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 it is, you know, um, human rights, and the, which certainly is that. But to make it just, we need to act a certain way to make it be just. This is the way we should act, without connecting it because God has done it. and he's actually walked this planet and that there's a connection with something beyond this. Um, I, I think it was Sheen, but, but that the kind of points out, not in this necessarily, but I think it's, I think I remember him talking about the fact that it's, it's not merely about his humanity, it's, you always have to connect it with his divinity, right. what God is right. revealing to us and about his power in the midst of what's seemingly powerless. Which is ultimately manifested with his great gift to us is the utter surrender, complete surrender of the all-powerful who's keeping every on a cross.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that that action, which looks passive, (laughs) is not, in fact, passive. I mean, he's offering himself in that way. And so I think that
0: that's... To draw all men...
1: To himself. himself. Exactly. But it's in the surrender, um, not in the manifestation of power. Right. Because he could. He could have done any sort of thing. I mean, he did all kinds of... I mean, even they even say, you know, he healed the blind man, he raised the dead, you know, come down from the cross, because that's what a human wants. You want us us to believe in you, Mm -hmm. come down the cross. But what that communicates is something different Mm -hmm. than what God wanted to communicate. Mm -hmm. That even in the midst of suffering, even when things are unjust happening to me... It still has meaning and still has power, even though in the eyes of man, in the worldly eyes, it looks like complete powerlessness, complete meaningless failure, failure total failure. Yep. And we have to recognize that sometimes failure, well, all, oftentimes, even if you just look at even self-help, secular things, we'll talk about that failure is only a failure When you say that's the last word, it's, it's, it's always something you can learn from. It's always something that you can grow from. And Mm -hmm.
0: anyway, Mm -hmm. no, that's right. And I, that passage connected with an experience I had over Christmas break. I got, I got an opportunity to cover an adoration, an early morning adoration hour. Um, and I was reading the beginning of John's gospel in that holy hour, And I was reading through it and, you know, you get John's prologue and then he's telling us about John the Baptist and John the Baptist is, is heralding Christ's coming and telling his followers. And then you, the reader, obviously he's telling you about Christ. And I had never noticed before that then when the disciples, his disciples, uh, Andrew encounters and starts following Christ. Right. The first words of Christ in the gospel of John are What are you looking for? And so you read that as a reader and it just hits you in the, it's a punch in the face. Right. What am I looking for? What am I looking for? What do, what do I seek? What is my, the goal of my life? Right. That's, that was a lot to, to meditate on. And so in the same way here, it's, it's, it's a similar question to, to what the point that Sheen is, is, is making. What men ask about divinity in terms of what's the nature of, of God is not as important as the question behind that is why are they asking those questions? Why are they seeking?
1: Well, and, and, and part of the part of what it is, is it, am I seeking God for himself or am I seeking God to line up with something that I want? For my own you know, purposes. For my own purposes. And, and, and what do I do? In the event that I might recognize that God's purposes may be different than mine, <laughs> you know, do I do I fight or do I surrender? Exactly. You know, and and anyway, but I I think those are all important points um, for us to do. So I mean, you're just talking about this is the beauty of Scripture. It's the beauty of of understanding the faith is you can take one event, just out of the Bible, one small recollection of what was going on and And dig deep into it, and there's layers and layers, yeah, that we can learn from
0: that, and Bishop Sheen leaves us with this observation he he writes, quote, "No one who ever meets Christ with a good will returns the same way as he came and and so that and this is something I think we need to always be raising our our children with in mind that our encounter with Christ." changes us it it should change us it should change
1: us and that and that's the that that's where you're talking about the heart it's not just us trying to get to the heart we're trying to get them to be open to Christ them having a relationship with Christ I mean which is ultimately their own but we have to help them get there you know what my, I can remember even in college my mom when I was struggling I can remember being sad and, uh, and really not knowing why and I remember my mom and this is a question we should ask, you know, it she, I can remember on the phone talking to her and it says, what do you think God's asking of you? You know, those are questions we should ask our kids. Why, why is that?
0: Yeah. What are you looking for? What, 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 is, God are you looking for? what is,
1: what, why is that? You can't name why you feel sad, but you're sad. Some, something is bothering you. And, you know, we often try to, like, psychoanalyze, you know, it's all these other things. And, and really the question at the heart of it is, what is God asking of you? You know, maybe ask him instead of the psychiatrist. Maybe, I'm not saying that's separate. I'm just saying, I think a good parent, and I don't remember, like, an epiphany, a manifestation, like, oh, this is what he wants of me. But it, it changed that situation changed, changed my orientation to my mom saying, "This is happening probably because he's asking you to change. He's asking something of you, or, or whatever. There's 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 more at work here than just the situation you, in which you're finding yourself.
0: It's there's
1: a God take acting, up a
0: cross. L- Put, put what, whatever, down a vice or put whatever, down an attachment, whatever, it is. What, whatever and
1: I, it is, and I don't. But I think parents should ask that question. You know, what do you think God is asking of you? Mm-hmm. You and ask Him.
0: And know. we have to be asking that as our of ourselves first of all, right? As parents, continually we have to be uh, searching those those asking those kind of searching questions in prayer ourselves. Absolutely, and and again, like you said, that often
1: happens in the presence of. Blessed sacrament when you're reading you you'll see something jump off the page. This is the living Word of God you know if you you know it, it is something that you could have read that hundreds of times, and for some reason at that moment, it jumps out well you all of us if if you're prayerfully reading something it's something I've read that so many times before it means something to me today mm-hmm. is the Holy Spirit working in and through the scriptures. It's because it's a living to, word. It's a living word. It's, it's uh, the, trying to actually reveal something to you. He speaks quietly, softly, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. not often with lo- lots of thunder or um, stuff, which is why, again, as we get to it, I think the Eucharist is so great. It, it, it's very similar to what happens with the Magi. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, what happens with where Mary, it's a, it's a quiet place. It doesn't look like that. God, it looks like a piece of bread, but it is really the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior that's there. And so we come mm-hmm. into the small room and do that. But anyway, um, hopefully this was helpful. I enjoyed well, hopefully this
0: talk about the epiphany has been, uh, led an to epiphany. an epiphany for you about the epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, you call me off. Bad card. jokes I mean, here, folks. Yeah, Bad that's jokes. Awesome.
1: It's, it's a bunch of dads, you know, right? Dad jokes. Yeah. So, anyway, um, always remember, uh, pray, uh, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. He always does. He always will. Um, pray for us. We'll be praying for you. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Happy New Year.